Hi, I'm Nicole Ferraro, and this is The Divide, a podcast from Light Reading exploring the ongoing digital divide, why and where it still exists, and what needs to be done to get people everywhere connected to reliable, high-speed internet. Today, I'm joined by Nate Denny, who is the Deputy Secretary for Broadband and Digital Equity with the North Carolina Department of Information Technology. We discuss how funding from the American Rescue Plan is helping North Carolina get closer to closing its digital divide, how the state is spending over $5 million in planning funds in the lead up to BEAD, and much more. All right, Nate, thank you so much for joining me and welcome to the podcast. Hi, thanks so much for having me. It's my pleasure. So first things first, I figured um, we could just get some background from you on the North Carolina Department of Information Technology and um, where you sit, what your role is, and how you all are working on broadband there. Sure. Happy to do it. Uh, Yeah. So the North Carolina Department of Information Technology is the agency in state government here. It's a part of uh, Governor Roy Cooper's uh, uh, cabinet that uh, houses the broadband mission in North Carolina. Uh, Until about a year or so ago, it was a very traditional IT services agency, right? So making sure other state agencies had the printers they needed, had network support, um, uh, IT procurement, cybersecurity, and so on. Uh, And we had... uh, our 10 random friends downtown who are working on God knows what uh, around broadband. And they didn't have really any resources to speak of. They uh, were extremely um, uh, helpful with communities across North Carolina in terms of technical support. They generated a lot of white papers that said, we ought to have a rural broadband grant program, things like that. Uh, But there was no real money behind it. Governor Cooper, from the, the moment he took office, uh, was advocating um, aggressively for uh, more investment in broadband deployment. Um, and so in 2018, the General Assembly uh, created a $10 million pilot program that grew a little bit over the last few years. Uh, so basically since 2018, it had awarded about $50 million in grants in rural parts of the state. Um, and then all of a sudden it's got uh, a billion dollar mission, you know, likely to be a $2 billion mission in the near future. Yeah. And so it required the department to really shift its focus, right? Uh, the whole IT services operation in North Carolina ran on about $600 million a year in agency fees. And now all of a sudden this random office downtown has a couple billion uh, to close the digital divide. And so uh, w- we created the new division of broadband and digital equity, which housed that prior office, the broadband infrastructure office. And Governor Cooper created a new office of digital equity and literacy uh, aimed at focusing on adoption issues, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, making sure folks had the devices they needed, could afford the internet service uh, that is required to, to really compete today. And so we've we've pivoted as an agency to reflect the governor's focus and, you know, in a way, society's focus, renewed focus on uh, on fixing this problem. 
Awesome. Yeah, it sounds like you've had to do a lot of work in a, in a little bit of time, just like a lot of all the other states uh, that are gearing up for all of these federal funds coming down. Um, so we'll talk a little bit soon about the B, the BEAD program, the 42.5 Broadband Equity Access and Deployment Program. Um, I know you all got some planning funds late last year from the NTIA, I think about $6.4 million between BEAD planning funds and Digital Equity Act planning funds. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wanted to hear from you on on um, where those funds are going currently uh, in the lead up to BEAD, and then we can talk about the actual BEAD program a little bit later. Sure. Um, well, let me let me just start with this. You know, um, Governor Cooper uh, allocated, and the General Assembly here in North Carolina allocated more than a billion dollars to closing the digital divide using yeah. American Rescue Plan funds before our BEAT worked. And I imagine we'll come back and talk about that more. Yeah. But I just want to say that that's important because I think we've got the structures and the team in place to help capitalize on these BEAT and digital equity planning funds. So you're absolutely right. Um, uh, about $5 million for exactly $5 million for BEAT planning and about $1.4 million for digital equity planning. Um that that uh, those resources are really helping us in in three ways. One, helping us add some additional capacity, mm-hmm. right around uh, our planning efforts, um, uh, a few personnel, I think some some contract support tied to the planning process. It's uh, helping our mapping efforts considerably, right? I think um, you know, like all states in North Carolina, we're trying to. Um, one, keep up with, and two, beat the federal government to, to the best maps in the land um, and, and make sure that we have a local understanding of who's served and who's underserved in, uh, in North Carolina. Uh, and then three, uh, helping to build uh, a comprehensive statewide listening uh, uh, tour which mm-hmm. we are in the process of kicking off right now. So we'll be having listening sessions in um, uh, each one of our uh, economic zones across the state uh, intended to bring stakeholders in and tell us a little bit more about uh, how the digital divide affects them in their local community. Okay, awesome. So as you alluded to, um, there's several sort of things happening at once. Yes, the bead program, <laughs> the bead program is coming down the pike. It's certainly the biggest amount of money that we've seen that we will see go into broadband deployment in this country. But at the moment, we also have uh, the American Rescue Plan Capital Projects funds, which are being distributed by the U.S. Treasury Department. Treasury was allotted, I believe, ten billion dollars um, in discretionary funds for capital projects funds that have been uh, getting doled out to the states. I think over half of those have been um, distributed and North Carolina received their funds. Um, how much funding did you receive? Tell us a bit about um, where where those grants have gone so far and, and how all that's going. Sure. So uh, North Carolina got a total state and local fiscal recovery allocation of $5.5 billion. Uh, of that, the governor and the General Assembly focused more than a billion on high-speed internet access and uh, uh, and some digital equity work. Um, so we have uh, about 970 million in infrastructure funding from both the state local fiscal recovery fund and the capital projects fund. 
North Carolina's allocation of the capital projects funds was about $270 million. Okay. And all of that is going into broadband infrastructure. Excellent. Um, we have about $50 million over four years in funding for uh, digital literacy and awareness. So raising awareness of the Affordable Connectivity Program, helping folks get the, uh, the devices and the training they need to, to access the modern economy. Governor Cooper's plan from the beginning was focused on addressing each, uh, each step of the stool, right? We need to make sure that folks have internet access where they are, but we also need to make sure they can afford it, that they've got a laptop or tablet at home, that they have the skills or can build, have the opportunity to build the skills that they need. Um, and, and so again, uh, we've got funding uh, dedicated ac- across that spectrum. Of course, the vast mm-hmm. majority on the infrastructure side. We've awarded about 28% of those American Rescue Plan funds so far. Uh, the bulk on the infrastructure side through our great grant program. Uh, for those of you keeping track of legislative acronyms at home, that is the Growing Rural Economies with Access to Technology program. Can't get uh, enough. Yeah, plenty, <laughs> plenty. Um, that we've awarded 95 grants in 93 of North Carolina's 100 counties so far, and those funds, about 270 million there, uh, will connect more than 113,000 households and businesses across North Carolina. Uh, with high-speed internet. All of those applications and projects uh, are speeds in excess of 100 symmetrical. Each of those projects comes with a commitment to participate in the Affordable Connectivity Program. You know, we're really excited about the impact that we've already been able to have, and there's a lot more to come. We've got about 80 million more in ARPA funding for that great grant program, We've got a new county partnership uh, kind of competitive bidding process that'll start. It's a $400 million program that'll roll out in the next couple of months uh, and uh, a range of other investment tools to allow North Carolina to be more proactive and strategic when uh, incentivizing infrastructure deployment. Awesome. So um, how far do you expect these ARPA funds then to go and close toward closing the digital divide, the remaining unserved, underserved homes? And where do you think BEAD is going to be necessary to fill in the gaps? Our goal with the ARPA funds is to make sure that 98% of North Carolina households have access to a high-speed internet connection. Okay. And by high speed, to be clear, I mean 120 speeds minimum. Um Uh, We also have some really aggressive adoption targets from the governor. Uh, Our goal is to get 80% of North Carolina households subscribed with an internet connection uh, and not just have an 80% statewide average, but hit that 80% across demographic groups. So right now, white households subscribe at a rate of about 76% in Mm -hmm. North Carolina. Uh, Latino, Black, and Native American households all Uh, trail considerably behind that. And so we've got to make sure that along with our infrastructure investments statewide, that we're also doing the work in each of those communities to make sure that those investments, uh, the benefits of those uh, investments are being realized locally. Uh, Most importantly, we have a 100% subscription rate target for households with school children. So Mm -hmm. our goal is to uh, permanently close the homework gap with those uh, uh, ARPA funds. Uh, okay. now, 
I think we all know that there will be pockets of North Carolinians left behind, especially with the the ARPA focus on um, fiber deployment, right? They're going to be areas where it's too costly or too slow to connect for us to hit those numbers. Uh, And so we're really looking forward to maximizing North Carolina's share of the BEAD program to make sure we're filling all the gaps. So you kind of see BEAD as more lenient in allowing for other technologies than ARPA? I I think that both programs will have the flexibility we need. I guess my main point is we're going to need more. I see. I see. So additional funding and to make sure that we are maxing out the the flexibility, the strategic impact of each of those funding pots to make sure. Gotcha. um, you, you know, in North Carolina, we, we've been saying that we need uh, every tool on the table, right? We need every provider type, every technology type to make sure that uh, that every North Carolinian can participate in the modern economy. And of course, we want to make sure that we um, achieve fiber speeds wherever possible, right? That yeah. will be uh, our, our first goal is make sure that we can get the highest possible scalable, resilient technologies in place um, uh, wherever we can. But, you know, we also need to recognize that you'll need other solutions in specific communities to uh, to make sure that folks aren't waiting for a fiber investment that might take too long or might just not work in terms of math. Yeah, for sure. And with the bead program, you know, you're going to have to set an extreme high cost threshold that'll kind of help determine where that fixed wireless or whatever else is is going to go. Is that the same as you're doing with the ARPA program or how are you determining um, where to fund uh, wireless projects with with that grant system? Right now, in terms of the ARPA work, we're letting program demand drive the results, right? So we opened up an application round uh, in that great grant program I mentioned before. We got 305 applications uh, proposing more than $900 million in state investments, much more than the level of funding we had. Yeah. Um, We have, like I said, funded uh, 95 of those projects so far. Uh, We're in the contracting process right now, so getting our grant agreements locked in, and then we'll go back and take those funded locations off of our own map, go back to the remaining applicants and say, look, does this project still work for you if X number of your proposed locations don't work? And we're just going to fund as many of those applications as we get and see what's left. Now, the the governor, uh, again, that program was created in 2018, and it's got a lot of strengths, but in that program, the providers come to us, right? They say, here's a project that we've designed. We score it on about a dozen statutorily prescribed um, uh, criteria. We spit out a score that generates a match and we say, here's your four million bucks. Go forth and do good work. Make sure to report back, please. Uh, And we knew that, especially with this unique funding opportunity, right? In terms of the, the various federal programs, we would have to be more strategic. We couldn't mm-hmm. just for the providers to go out and grab uh, the chunks of, of turf that made sense for them. We had to direct them, right? Mm-hmm. And so the governor created this completing access to broadband program. We'll, we'll bring $400 million of American Rescue Plan funding to the table. We are building a state term contract that will pre-qualify internet providers uh, by county statewide. And then we're going to work specifically with each county on local maps 
and develop a local scope of work to then award against those eight or nine or however many providers that, or one in some cases, however many providers are capable of providing service there. Again, those are likely all to be major fiber deployments. And so right. we created a, a, another program called Stopgap Solutions Program that is a $90 million pot that'll help us really fill in the gaps with whatever technology, whatever small scale project we need. It could be uh, a line extension or other kind of uh, small scale fiber deployment that would throw off the math of another project. It could be uh, building a tower to host fixed wireless equipment, uh, downtown Wi-Fi projects, whatever else we need to make sure everyone has the service they need. Those three programs are likely to be the the vehicles we use to deploy bead funds to, right? And okay, so yeah. The high cost areas, that's going to match up well with the way we've designed uh, and are designing still our, our stopgap solutions program. Gotcha. So again, we think it's going to take different project types, different technology types, different provider types to step into each of those voids. Makes sense. Um, have you already decided on an extreme high cost threshold number? Um, and with the NTIA planning to set its allocations on June 30th, how soon are you all going to be ready to submit your initial plan to them? I will get back to you on both of those. We're <laughs> working very hard on both of those. Fair. So, okay. <laughs> That's fully acceptable. Um, all right. So, um, so it, and just to go back to, uh, you know, Bede and ARPA, it sounds like ARPA is going to take you guys almost all the way, like you said, 98%, right? And then Bede is still going to be necessary to fill in the remaining um, infrastructure gaps. But some of the other stuff you were talking about um, in terms of, you know, adoption and uh, racial inequities and stuff, sounds like that's more the digital equity funding. Is that fall? You think that those activities fall under that more than Bede itself, which is really about deployment? Uh so the current statutory framework in North Carolina pretty clearly delineates where the infrastructure funding can go and where kind of digital literacy and related funding can go. Um, I think we will have to uh, keep working through our local uh, kind of listening tour and stakeholder engagement to take lessons back to our General Assembly about how we need to adapt each of these programs in the yeah. context of BEAD and digital equity funding. I okay. think North Carolina is going to fare pretty well in the, the formula breakdown of the digital equity capacity grants. I think we are, with our ARPA work, we're already in the process of building, or I think a real, or not even building, but contributing to an already rich um, uh, ecosystem of digital equity uh, activism and leadership across the state and a wide range of organizations. Our goal here and our directive from the governor is to make sure North Carolina is poised to draw down and effectively use as much of the federal funding as is possible. And that doesn't have to be through state government, right? There are incredible organizations uh, county municipal governments. There's incredible work happening at the Center for Digital Equity in Charlotte. Um, we've got a huge range of partners statewide that are uh, that are working on these issues, helping build a more robust workforce, helping give people the training opportunities they need. 
digital navigation, right? Uh, helping folks find devices. Uh, our work is really going to be kind of lifting the, that work up across the state. And so I think we're going to be really well positioned in each of NTIA's digital equity grant programs. And of course, where there's existing lead, I think that will have to inform our, uh, where there's existing need still that we haven't been able to address in terms of funding, that'll have to inform our BEAD proposal. Right. Gotcha. Um, so what are your biggest concerns in, in the lead up to, to BEAD from where you sit within the actual government that has to carry all of this out? What a great question. Lots of concerns. Tell them about You know, a couple of the big ones. Um, you know, our top priority, uh, our kind of mission tension throughout has been yeah. we got to stand this stuff up today. We got to fly. We also got to be good stewards of taxpayer dollars, right? And moving quickly and exercising good stewardship are not easy things to do at the same time, especially when you're navigating. Um, uh, hosts of different funding sources and programs with ever-shifting policies and criteria. Um, Having the capacity at the state level uh, to to manage that and and exercise that good stewardship is a challenge. I think where we're going to see it be an even bigger challenge is at the local level, right? If Mm -hmm. we're doing uh, 100 county RFPs, requests for proposals for specific broadband broadband infrastructure deployment projects. Um, we need uh, significant planning contributions and expertise from, in some cases, small rural counties that have like a part-time IT guy, right? <laughs> that gets tasked with the broadband work. Yeah. And so local capacity is a major challenge for us and figuring out how we can use the immense resources that are available to the state at this unique moment in time to supplement that local capacity, I think is challenge number one. Challenge number two, and I'm just listing three. There are many, many, many more, but fair enough. Two that comes to mind is making sure that um, we are sufficiently engaged with the FCC through their mapping process to make sure that Every eligible area is represented on the map and uh, as part of the fabric and uh, is eligible for actual deployment moving forward. And I think uh, figuring out how how that process, speaking of ever-changing processes, how that process is going to work and making sure the state doesn't miss any opportunities and the local communities don't miss any opportunities for planning that we'll regret later, I think is a big challenge. Third, and this is actually the one that keeps me up, uh, the most at night is what happens when the affordable connectivity program runs. Mm-hmm. I think every state has to be laser focused on um, uh, making sure that their congressional delegation is aware of those impacts uh, uh, of that fund of that potential funding lapse. You know, in North Carolina, uh, we are we work very hard to maximize North Carolina's share of. Um, uh, or to maximize our eligible uh, enrollment for for the ACP. I think we're at about 713,000. Uh, actually, there's probably been an update today that I haven't seen yet, but uh, I think that's fourth or fifth among states in terms of percentage of the eligible population. We've got a number of good partnerships with providers, with digital navigation efforts, 
uh, rolling out over the next few weeks that'll help drive that number continuously up. But again, we're signing folks up for a service that uh, that has some uncertainty around it, right? Yeah. And I can run fiber directly into your front yard, but if you can't afford it, you're still going to get left behind in today's economy. So yeah. it's an area where I think there'll need there'll need to be significant federal action uh, uh, in the very near term if we really want. Uh, the people of North Carolina and, and across this country to have confidence in the work we're doing and that we're using their resources effectively. So let me follow up on, with you on two of those things. First, mapping. Um, Chairwoman Rosen Worsall has put out a couple of statements in the past month, you know, reassuring the public and Congress um, and con- other concerned stakeholders that the map is improving thanks to coordination with state and local stakeholders like yourself. So from your perspective, how's that process going? Are you, is it improving? Yes, definitely. Okay. The maps have already improved. The fabric is improving significantly. Uh, in North Carolina, we've been really engaged there. Uh, we submitted about 45,000 uh, addresses for, through the bulk challenge process. We've uh, made a number of challenges to the fabric as well. Our big focus there is that there has to be continual improvement, right? Mm -hmm. These are not one-time snapshots, and they can't be one-time snapshots if we're going to base funding decisions on them, right? Right. What the the state of uh, the location of every building in North Carolina as of April 2023 uh, should not determine uh, how we're making investment decisions in August 2024, right? right. Uh, we, we've got new facilities, right? Everything's changing. We've got to make sure that our maps reflect that and the states have the flexibility to adapt as we go. I think one of the best things that uh, the Biden administration and Congress did in designing these programs is lean heavily on local expertise, right? And look to the states to execute here. Uh, we've got to make sure that no processes at the federal level break that, right? Or yeah. keep us from executing. Um, yeah. And so, again, continual feedback and adaptability will be important. But we're really pleased with the improvements we've seen over the last few months. Uh, the opportunities we've had to provide feedback, the communication we're getting from the FCC, I think reflects the chairwoman's focus on that. Okay, excellent. And then on the ACP, the Affordable Connectivity Program, um, it's going to come down, you know, probably to, unless there's some other way that the government decides to figure out to fund this thing, to Congress to decide to refund it. So as somebody who works within the state government, do you have any uh, coordination or sway over your own congressional leaders and senators there in North Carolina? Um, Are you going to them and saying, hey, are are you guys going to get around to this anytime soon? Um, do those conversations exist? I think it'd be a huge mistake for me to try to characterize my sway. Uh, (laughs) But I will say we do try to communicate with our congressional delegation and keep them updated on uh, the results of the the investments, the the votes they've taken on the American Rescue Plan, on the Infrastructure Investment Jobs Act, uh, and the impact we're able to have uh, with their constituents statewide. So mm-hmm. we will continue that communication, that education, um, uh, and again, you know, make sure I think that that everyone knows the 
the urgency of this need, right, uh, around um, affordability and, and how much it drives adoption. Uh, and really, it's the, it's the ceiling on the impact of our work. Yeah. All right. One final question for you to end on an optimistic note here. Um, this is a, you know, technically a generational investment. Um, so I would love to know from your perspective, what does the next generation uh, of North Carolina look like, you know, in 10 years from now, once this, these deployments are done or whatever, um, what does that mean for your state? Well, I, I've got an easy answer here because I want to tie it to uh, Governor Roy Cooper's mission statement, right? Our goal here uh, is to, and this isn't just in the division of broadband and digital equity, it's across state government, across his administration, is to uh, build uh, a North Carolina that is healthier, better educated, um, uh, and has more money in their pockets, uh, and has the ability, the opportunity to live lives of purpose and abundance. Right. And that's our mission statement here in North Carolina. And I think if you look at each of those health, education, wealth, uh, opportunity, um, uh, having access to a high speed Internet connection and the ability to use it is critical. Right. And, and so uh, that's what we're building toward and why it's urgent for us to succeed and execute well. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Nate, for taking the time to talk with us and for all the great work you're doing in North Carolina. I can't wait to uh, keep up with it. Thank you so much. Thank you, Thank you again, Nate, for joining me. Thank you as well to our producer, Pierre Landriel, for making this episode. Be sure to subscribe to the Light Reading Podcast for more episodes of Divide, as well as interviews and insights from the Light Reading team. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next time.